0: The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, Someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. someday we'll judge if they're fine.
1: I want to hold your hand. This is a biggie. This is a big
0: one. Yeah. I mean, oh, every yeah. time I hear this song begin, my mind goes to the Beatles one commercial that was run like every commercial break on Nickelodeon. I don't, maybe I'm showing my age, but Jesus, it just immediately jumps to my head.
1: I think that commercial was everywhere and uh, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it, I owned it. It went to number one. Yeah. Yeah. So did
0: I. On CD. Oh, CDs! Yes, yes. Good old CDs. C- compact disc. They still release it to this day. Um, in th- th- there's a brand new format that they released it in, like last year. Like is it like a micro SD? Yes.
1: <laughs> Google it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, real fans stayed by the albums. You know, oh, I, I remember. Oh. I, I yeah, I bought Revolver on CD at Virgin Megastore on Union Square. It is, of course, no longer there. Mm-hmm. And the, the clerk, uh, literally, like in a cartoon, did a double take. <laughs> he couldn't believe that I, a young lad, was buying Revolver, but I was. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a weird album. I'm never going to get into this. And that changed.
0: When was the last time you really like bought a brand new CD? Oh, too long. (laughs) Not too long. Um, I buy vinyl
1: now if I buy any... Same. uh, ...record. We're going backwards,
0: my friend. Yes. Can't (laughs) wait to start buying uh, 78s again.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't imagine this song not existing in the universe. Uh, It epitomizes what the Beatles were all about. It's the most pure unadulterated fab four goodness
0: it's like as close as you get to the uh, to a perfect song so far and like to your point it's basically the thesis of the early beatles catalog these four cute mop top brits just want to come by over your house and they just want to hold your hand it's a standard for a reason
1: only one hand not even both i mean come on let them do it yes uh, and i got you know i uh, you know i listened to it for the maybe 4000th time that might be under <laughs> underestimating that one and i heard george's guitar really added to things you know especially the intro and you know do 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 you know that was cool
0: you know the beauty of these things being reissued uh like a ton of times over the years. And and most recently the one collection that we referenced, uh, which was just recently released in Dolby Atmos, uh, you hear brand new things and you you get a new perspective to these songs that you just haven't heard before in the universe.
1: What's a Dolby Atmos?
0: Dolby Atmos is a, it's a format where, um, it's kind of like an immersive audio experience. So if you are a subscriber to Apple music and you have AirPods, basically what it does is you can, uh, if you, if you have the certain technology, I guess, or like the newer versions of things and the, the newer phones, you can listen to the music and turn your head and, hear the music turn like it's like you're being surrounded by the beatles like you're kind of in the room it works better yeah. with certain things like i used it to listen to the new japanese breakfast record and i thought it sounded horrendous but i liked how one sounded it was you know it kind of opened things up a little bit mm. for example but it's it's kind of gimmicky um as i think i mean this is a hot take i think five one uh surround sound is so gimmicky and i just don't like it I think stereo is perfectly fine for most applications, but that's just me. Um, Hot take of the day, I guess. But have you read uh,
1: um, her book, Japanese breakfast
0: crying in H Mart? I own two copies of that book and have not read it yet.
1: I own zero copies of that book. I I borrowed it for the library and, and I've read it. Is it good? It is. It is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this song, I Want to Hold Your Hand, was not written by Japanese Breakfast. I'm blanking on her name.
0: Michelle Zoner.
1: That's right. Uh, the song was written by John and Paul at a basement of Jane Asher's parents' house in Wimpole Street, London. They're going to write a lot of songs at Jane Asher's parents' place because Paul and Jane dated for years. Um, John described the uh, it as eyeball to eyeball with Paul. Uh, John said, and we had Oh, you got that something And Paul hits this chord And I turn to him and I say That's it, do that again Uh, And people to this day argue over which chord That John was referring to When he told that story Um, This song was at the behest of Brian Epstein Who wanted the American market in mind They were really trying to get a number one In the United States From me to you was flopped. She loves you flopped in the U S it wasn't until I want to hold your hand, you know? Um, this was amazing that in the UK, the song was a single that came out a week after with the Beatles. (laughs) Like, like, okay, you don't like albums, boom, have a single. Like that's, it's crazy. Um, this was the first song the Beatles recorded with four track technology. Before that they were only using two tracks.
0: Hashtag #Beatles did it. I mean only two tracks. Just it's it's crazy to think about, you know. <laughs> they're able to do a lot obviously because they're summing. I mean we're talk we've talked about Dolby Atmos today, so I guess we're having audio tech talk. But uh you could do so much with mono because you know you're you're summing everything, you're mixing everything to just one source. And it's, it's amazing. I can only imagine what it was like to, to have suddenly double the capacity (laughs) to do what you wanted. (laughs) That must've been crazy back in the day.
1: A hundred percent increase. Absolutely.
0: I mean, we're using two tracks of audio right now. This is all the Beatles had to record most of the songs. Crazy. Beatles did it. Beatles did it
1: hmm. The recording was completed in 17 takes. They spent some time rehearsing before the tapes were rolling. Um, in take two, they hushed the vocal line, And When I Touch You, which sounds creepy. That that's probably why. And When I Touch You. Like, that would be not great. And you'll take be happy inside. Ooh, <laughs> I shudder, I shudder. <laughs> Take four had Paul introduced a not uncommon 1963 Beetle H into words, shade at something, which he did on a taste of honey cover. Apparently it's supposed to ensure that you don't have a sibilant S if you add the H. Yeah. Um, but fortunately he did not uh, end up doing that. Uh, thankfully. Capitol had intended to issue "I Wonder" "Hold Your Hand" in early 1964 to coincide with the Beatles' first appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. However, the release date was brought forward due to ecstatic reactions from radio listeners. Um, and we mentioned this with "She Loves You," that the Beatles uh, performing that song was featured in a CBS News uh, five-minute deal dealio with. On uh, the CBS Morning News On November 22nd, 1963 If that date is familiar That's when John F. Kennedy was assassinated So they did not re-air it that night They were busy But they showed it again on December 10th Among those watching was Marsha Albert A 15-year-old from Silver Spring, Maryland She wrote to Carol James A DJ for WWDCAM, A station based in Washington, D.C. obviously uh, Begging him to play the Beatles On his show uh, Carol at the time, was dating a, a stewardess. So she, he was able to get a copy from England of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Wow. And he invited Marsha Albert to introduce the very first play of the song, which she did on December 17th, 1963, with the words, Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the end of the United States, here are the Beatles singing I Want to Hold Your Hand. Goosebumps.
0: That's, Goosebumps. that's a crazy, crazy story. I mean, I used to be a college radio DJ, and I certainly did not want to invite random listeners of the town to the station. <laughs> Espe- <laughs> especially the one guy named TC who was very mad that I wouldn't play ACDC on my indie rock show. And co- mm. Yes. Didn't, uh, I mean, surely there must have been an
1: ACDC cover by an indie artist or something you could have abused tc you know was it terry collins yeah right
0: <laughs> <laughs> terry collins from whatever street no i i was uh i was fine with with tc until he stepped he kept harassing me about it and then called me uh called me some uh some slurs and i was like i think uh well, i think we're done here <laughs> oh boy i'm gonna keep playing radiohead okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm full blast. <laughs>
1: The song was a huge hit for listeners and was picked up by DJs in Chicago and St. Louis. Although Capitol at first threatened to seek a court order banning its airplay, they decided to rush release it instead. It was released on December 26th, 1963. 750,000 copies were sold in the first three days. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, the single began its 15 week Chart run on January 18th, 1964 Reached number one on February 1st The Beatles were in Paris at the time uh, Brian Epstein came into the room He just got a telegram And he said Hey look, you were number one in America And they went crazy Woo! They, they all tried to climb onto Mal Evans' back To go around the hotel suite Way hey <laughs> And that was it we didn't come down for a week, and then pair paired solved of course, famously. Yes, Bob Dylan thought the middle sections of the song contained the words "I get high" instead of "I can't hide." The misunderstanding came to light when Dylan introduced the Beatles to marijuana on August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty four. Brian and the Beatles looked at each other apprehensively. We've never smoked marijuana before, Brian finally admitted, Brian Epstein. Dylan looked disbelievingly from face to face. But what about your song, he asked. What about getting high? The Beatles were stupefied. Which song, John managed to ask. Dylan said, you know, and then he sang, and when I touch you, I get high, I get high. John flushed with embarrassment. Those aren't the words, he admitted. The words are, I can't
0: hide, I can't hide, I can't hide. Do you think that's how oh, Bob Bobby D, man. Do you think that's how I feel fine came about? Like they after they tried Pot and Bobby D's like, how are you feeling? <laughs> I, feel, I, feel I feel fine you. I feel fine. I feel fine. that's possible. There are there are
1: songs about pot, which we will get to. Really? It's certainly plenty that were influenced. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, no. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, gasp. Esquire's music critic David Newman wrote Terrible, awful, it's bunk The Beatles are indistinguishable from a hundred other similar loud and twanging rock and roll groups They aren't talented singers, as Elvis was They aren't fun, as Elvis was They aren't anything
0: Is this uh, hot takes exposed again, Roger? It's cold takes exposed Cold takes exposed, oh sorry Brrr Oh
1: people. The love count, I got two here. Two. Alright.
0: Josie Scale. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Yes. I wanna hold your hand
1: is a better song than your love buddy Alfield. Uh, what a That's
0: a that's a shocking Alfield. statement.
1: <laughs> My God, cold takes exposed is gonna happen to me. Oh no